Hello everyone and welcome to Therapy in a Nutshell. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the podcast where I condense mental health skills into bite-sized nuggets of help. Today we're going to talk about self-deception. Self-deception is the problem of not knowing that you have a problem. So if you don't know that you have a problem, is it possible to change it? Yes, you can. And in this video, I'll show you how. We're going to start with a story and then we're going to talk about what self-deception is, how to notice that you're doing it, and how to get out of self-deception so that you can start to see yourself and your problems clearly. Let's start with a classic example from the book Leadership and Self-Deception. At night, a husband and wife are sleeping. The baby in the other room starts to cry and the husband wakes up. The husband's first thought is, I should get up and take care of the baby before he wakes my wife. After all, she works so hard in the day and needs all the sleep she can get. But then the husband's next thought is, I work hard too. I work all day and I need to get up early for my meeting. Why should I get up? My responsibility in this family is to go to work and earn money so we can live. I need all the sleep I can get so I can function at my job. And I have a big project to complete tomorrow. So he doesn't get up. And then the baby keeps crying. And the husband starts to think, why doesn't she get up and take care of the baby? Doesn't she realize I need to get sleep? Okay, I know she's awake now. She's just being lazy. So now he starts to feel upset and angry at her. This is so unfair, he thinks. I work hard all day and she can't even just take care of the kids so I can sleep. So before long, the husband is really upset toward his wife. If you asked him why he was feeling that way, he would probably say, because my wife wasn't doing her job. And he started out this whole experience feeling completely differently. He started out feeling a desire to help her, but he ended up feeling bitter, angry, and actually believing that his sleeping wife was mistreating him. Self-deception is how you subtly convince yourself that when you're doing something wrong, it's actually right. We do this through blame, minimization, denial, and a whole bunch of other self-justifying tricks of the mind that leave us feeling vindicated, but also leave us feeling stuck, unhappy, trapped, angry, and hopeless. This is a super tricky problem to address because if you are self-deceived, your subconscious is going to do everything it can to stay there. You can't see the real problem and you don't even want to see it. So if you're trying to solve your problems but nothing is working, then a good question to ask is, am I self-deceived? It's really easy to see this mindset in others, like the alcoholic who denies that he has a problem, right? So if someone suggests that he needs help, like his wife, he flies into a rage when his wife suggests that he needs help. He might scream at her, you know, I'm a lawyer. My drinking is just to deal with the stress of the job, which I'm very good at. I am not some bum on the street. You're the one with the problem, right? Or it's easy to see self-deception in the thief, right? He steals whatever he can, bikes, phones, cars, whatever. And he justifies it by saying that it's the victim's fault because they left their doors unlocked or they're just stuck up rich people who deserve to have stuff stolen from poor victims like himself. It's easy to see self-deception in others, but it's oh so hard to see in ourselves. So how do we get here? We all have flaws, we all mess up, but we also want to like ourselves and feel good. So the easiest path is just to lie to ourselves about how good we are. But we're better at deceiving ourselves than we are at deceiving others. People can sense how we really feel towards them. In that first story, the husband felt to help his wife, but then he didn't do it. He probably felt a very brief sense of guilt. And he had to start justifying himself to try to make that guilt go away. So he created a way of seeing his wife to make himself right and her 
wrong. Before long, he was awash in these feelings of self-righteous indignation, victimhood, and irritation towards his wife. If he had just honored that sense, he wouldn't have felt guilt, and he wouldn't have needed to build up that wall of anger around it. When we're self-deceived, we waste a ton of energy in self-justification, distorting the truth about ourselves and others to feel good, while completely missing our opportunity to live life to the fullest, to live our values and dreams. Self-deception leads to pain, to broken relationships, addictions, anger, and numbness. When we're stuck in self-deception, we choose to defend ourselves instead of change, even when we're miserable. When we don't accept responsibility for our choices, we hurt ourselves and everyone around us. So, how do we get here? And how do we get out? When we act contrary to our deepest sense of what is right, we feel guilt. When we seek to avoid that feeling, we start to distort the way we see the world to justify our actions. Self-deception is about avoiding the sensitivity or vulnerability of being human. So this is self-deception. We twist reality to justify ourselves. It takes strength to admit our flaws and face our weaknesses, and it's easier to lie to ourselves. Now, sometimes we do this for so long that this just becomes a habitual part of ourselves. It becomes really difficult to see or remember the original truth of our feelings. When you're self-deceived, those false feelings of anger, resentment, or frustration will spread to those around you, exacerbating the problem. So, for example, with the husband in the previous story, if the morning after he'd started acting cranky toward his wife, she would have been more likely to act cranky towards him and it would have invited her to start to see him as a jerk to justify her behaviors. So when we're self-deceived, many of the things we try to fix problems won't work. If you were to ask the husband the next morning what he was feeling, he would have said anger, irritation, a sense of injustice. And if you would have asked him, well, why are you feeling this way? He probably would answer, because my wife won't help out, because my wife is lazy or disrespectful. In this situation, his truth was that she was the bad guy and he was the victim. He thinks that the reason he's upset is because his wife won't help out. But we know the truth. He didn't feel angry, mistreated, or upset until after he didn't do what he felt he should. He felt peaceful when he first had the thought, I should get up and take care of the baby. And when he didn't do it, he had to create an alternate reality in his mind where his wife was the bad guy. His anger, his sense of victimhood, all of this was actually self-deception. And so if you'd asked him in the moment of self-deception what the solution to the problem was, he would have said, well, my wife needs to change. My wife needs to help more. Or he might think, we need to have a conversation so I can tell her how she's hurting me. Or I guess I just need to cope with this. I guess I'm just going to suffer because of my wife's laziness. Now, none of that would have made things better until his eyes were opened to his own responsibility in the problem. As a therapist, I see this all the time. As a couple comes in and they're both exerting so much energy to try to change the other person, they are convinced that if only the other person would change, then their problems would be solved. Self-deception never improves relationships or solves problems. When we're lying to ourselves about the nature of a problem, all of our attempts to fix it will fail. Communicating, coping, expressing your emotions, trying to change others, leaving, all of these normally helpful strategies fail or make things worse. Changing how we act won't solve problems if we're self-deceived. When we're self-deceived, we see others falsely. We lose sight of them as human beings with needs and hearts, and we start seeing them as obstacles to our own happiness. When we see people this way, it doesn't matter what kind of behaviors we're using when we interact with them. They're going to sense how we feel towards them, and that invites resistance from them. 
Have you ever had an experience like this where you thought that another person was mistreating you and that you were right and they were being jerks? And then later you realized that you were either contributing to the problem or you were actually the one at fault? Go ahead and write about that in your workbook. Okay, so where does that leave us, right? I'm telling you that sometimes you have a problem of not knowing that you have a problem. Great, now what do you do with that, right? One of the only antidotes to self-deception is asking yourself the question, am I seeing this situation falsely right now? Or am I in some way responsible for this? Is it possible that I'm causing this problem or at least contributing to it more than I'm willing to admit? Now, if we use our self-deception to rationalize our mistakes, the deception leaves us helpless to solve our problem. So if we feel helpless, that's an indicator that you're self-deceived. Seeing our responsibility gives us the freedom to act and the power to create real change in our life. So the first step to stop is to look for signs of self-deception. Here's some signs to look out for. The first one is justification, right? Oh, I had to do that because, or if she didn't do that, then I wouldn't need to do this. Generally, we don't need a reason to do the right thing. We only need a reason when we've done something wrong. The husband does work hard, but he didn't need to remind himself of that until he was trying to excuse himself for not getting up and taking care of the baby. Okay, another sign, trying to change others or believing that if they would change, it would solve your problems. Next one is blame, seeing the other person as the problem. Now, sometimes other people do have problems. They're responsible for their actions. That's not self-deception. Self-deception is using other people's problems as justification for yourself. Another sign is horribleizing, making the other person or the situation or whatever out to be worse than they are and making you to be better. Now, remember, this can be opposites too. We can make ourselves out to be horrible as a way to justify ourselves as well. Feeling hopeless. If you're feeling hopeless, powerless, or constantly angry, that's a pretty good sign you're self-deceived. Uh, victimhood. Focusing on how you've been mistreated as an excuse for your behaviors. Now, that's not to say you haven't been mistreated. That's totally possible. Just don't use that victimhood as a way to excuse going against your deepest sense of what is right. Another sign of self-justification is compiling evidence on the other person, keeping these internal lists of all the wrongs that they've done, and, and then pulling those up in your memory when you need a reason for why you're doing what you're doing. Another sign is if you see the same pattern of problems repeat themselves in your life. So for example, why does every boss I have suck at communicating, right? This might be a good time to look at your own communication patterns. When you see clearly, you can then begin to look for little ways that you can change your actions to line up with your deepest sense of what is right and the kind of character that you value. So check yourself for signs of self-deception. Self-justification indicates that you aren't living your values, that at some point you've acted in a way that goes against your deepest sense of what is right. So when you catch yourself doing this, pause and ask yourself, what does my reaction say about me? When you notice the signs of self-deception, take some time to try and get clarity. Calm down, slow yourself down, spend time in a safe place or with a safe person. Maybe do some introspection and, you know, write down what kind of person you'd like to be in that situation. And then take responsibility for what is in your locus of control. Don't use others' actions as excuses for not living your own values. This is one of the most common ways we get stuck in self-deception. Don't get wrapped up in spotting self-deception in others and don't get stuck beating yourself up. Just ask yourself, what are my values? What do I believe in? What's my deepest sense of what is right? And then be humble, be willing to change. Focus on trying to do just a little bit better on taking one action that lines up with your values. 
you can learn to recognize the signs of self-deception in yourself, and you can learn to see yourself and others more clearly. Now, obviously, this is a big and a complicated topic, and it's a really important one. This approach to understanding how to change how you feel and resolve problems is really adapted from the Arbinger Institute's work, and their approach has been life-changing for me. Their best-selling books like Leadership and Self-Deception and The Anatomy of Peace have been really influential for me. And Bonds That Make Us Free by C. Terry Warner takes it all to a deeper level. I've also been to their seminars dozens of times, and they can be really amazing too. I can honestly say I've discovered more freedom and power through their organization of ideas than just about anything else I've studied. So if you'd want to dive deeper into this stuff, I'd recommend starting with their book, The Anatomy of Peace. Thank you for watching and take care. This podcast was adapted from a YouTube video from my YouTube channel, Therapy in a Nutshell. So if you'd like to see more of my videos, check that out and go subscribe on YouTube. Also, you can sign up for my newsletter at www.therapynutshell.com. Thank you for listening and take care.